Good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to the Court of Appeals. We have one case on the docket for oral argument today. We'd like to welcome everyone here this morning. And we would call the case of uh, LaGrange versus Lenore County. Before we get started, are there any preliminary matters that we need to dispose of? Okay, well, then we will hear from the appellant. Let me introduce the panel. I'm sorry, I didn't do that to my right is Judge Valerie Zachary. To my left is Judge Julie Flood. My name is John Tyson. Our panel, our, this is your panel this morning. And we have our court clerk, as well as our court marshal, uh, Deputy uh, Richard Romeliard, that's with us this morning. So we will hear from the appellant. Thank you, Your Honors. May it please the court, my name is Gabriel Dusablon, and I represent the appellant, the town of LaGrange in this matter. I would respectfully request to reserve five minutes of my time for rebuttal. Okay. <clears throat> Your Honors, at its essence, this appeal requires resolution of two issues of ordinance interpretation. The first of which is that whether the Lenore County Planning Board erred by concluding that Copart's proposed use was auction sales under the zoning ordinance instead of a junk slash salvage yard. And the second issue is whether the Lenore County Planning Board erred by concluding that the junkyard ordinance did not apply to Copart's proposed use of the property. <clears throat> the appellant contends that the answer to both of these questions should have been yes, that the planning board's decision was an error for those reasons, and accordingly the trial court's decision upholding the planning board's decision was also affected by error of law. Looking first at the zoning ordinance, the town maintains that both the trial court and the planning board erred by concluding that the intended use of the property by Copart was auction sales. <coughs> Just to recap, the county zoning ordinance sets out three zoning districts, rural, commercial, and industrial. The zoning ordinance has a table of permitted uses which sets out permissible uses of property in each of the three districts. Some uses, a small minority of which, are permitted as a right in all three zoning districts. Other uses require a special use permit before being allowed in certain districts, and some uses are completely prohibited in certain districts as well. It's also helpful to keep in mind the purpose of the zoning ordinance as stated therein, which is to sp specifically to regulate the uses of buildings, structures, and land. The term use is also defined to be focused on the purpose for which land, building, or structures are used. The term auction sales is not a defined use by the zoning ordinance, so therefore the plain meaning of that term should prevail. However, we should also apply basic rules of statutory construction to determine the intent of that term. When the zoning administrator <clears throat> agreed that the application would be approved as an, under the auction provision, is that correct? Yes, sir. That's, that was the initial determination by the zoning office. And the planning board affirmed that? Correct. And on appeal before Judge Pate, that was a certiorari, is that correct? That is correct. So she was sitting as an appellate court? Agreed. Now the standard of review that she had and we have is one the same? 
Yes, sir, it is. So do you agree that as it relates to the planning board's decision, Judge Pate found and we would have to uh, review her decision under the whole record test? Your Honor, in terms of what the definition of auction sales is, we submit that that is a question of ordinance interpretation subject to the to the de novo standard of review. All right, then what would we review under the whole record test? Whether it's competent material evidence to support the planning board's uh, findings and conclusions? Findings and conclusions as to facts, Your Honor, we would submit. Okay, now the, the, the facts in Judge Pate's order there are detailed facts as far as the operation of Copart and the duration of vehicles that are on there as related to the typical junkyard, which has a dismantling and a permanent <coughs> storage aspect that's not present with Copart. Is that correct? I agree that the judge's order did contain findings to that effect. Yes. And is there evidence to support those findings? There is. Okay. Um, are those findings binding in the absence of any objection thereto? They're, they're binding in, if there's su substantial evidence in the record to support them. Yes. So if, if, the, if, the if the planning board's interpretation of the word auction sales, if there's evidence to support the application is compliant with that and the Superior Court is sitting as a court of review as we are today. Uh, how do you, and you did not challenge those, did you? We, we do challenge that finding because we believe that's a matter of, of ordinance interpretation. Okay, but you do not challenge the fact that they, that the, the, the zoning administrator and the planning board both found that the application and uses as proposed by the petitioner were an, were to include an auction sale and did not include the permanent storage of vehicles. Right, I, I apologize. I, I agree that the a component of their business was that the vehicles would be auctioned and so therefore auction sales in, in that regard, but we disagree that auction sales is the correct use classification for that business. So how, how does your interpretation, why is their interpretation wrong? Your Honor, so for multiple reasons, we would submit that in looking at the entirety of the zoning ordinance and the way in which auction sale is used, there are a number of indications that the, the county did not intend for auction sales to be so broad as to include any business which utilizes auction as a means of selling, selling its property. Um, Do you agree with another standard review that uh, zoning, zoning regulations are in derogation of free use of property or, or, or to be narrowly construed? I do agree with the principle of that um, prop, uh, zoning regulations are in derogation of property rights and that they are to be strictly construed in, in but that, it, that, it, that is also a canon of statutory interpretation that is um, <coughs> applied alongside the other canons of statutory interpretation as well. So I'm just trying to understand You've got the burden to show error. Yes. And we've got to presume that Judge Pate's order is correct. So can you show us the error in, in either her findings or conclusions? Yes, I believe I, believe I can, we can, and that's okay. um, 
because we believe that the interpretation of auction sales was in error, and that's a that's something that the court can this court can and should review de novo because it's an interpretation of a term used in the ordinance. The so looking at auction sales, there's 141 total uses that are permitted in the table of permitted uses. Only 11 of those are per permitted as of right in all three zoning districts. Eight of those that are permitted as of right in all zoning districts are associated with delivery of governmental or other essential services such as ambulance services, fire stations, libraries, governmental buildings, animal medical care, churches, and utility lines. The ninth and the tenth are not uses per se. The one is accessory uses, which is just inten intended to be incidental and subordinate to the principal use. And the tenth is uh, agricultural and farm use, which is, a, is subject to the bona fide farms uh, exception in state law. So there's only one left that's permitted use that's permitted as of right in all three districts. And so the question is, what is that? And if you look at the table of permitted uses, there's uses such as banks, pharmacies, convenience stores. But the town, the, the planning board and the trial court both believe, would have this court believe. You, you're up, it looks like you're upside down, maybe. I apologize. On our, on our. Somehow assuming it had to be oriented. <laughs> you, that, that this use, is the, the 11th use that should be permitted as of right in all zoning districts where convenience stores and banks are not. So, so Cocard is down here by the expressway? Yes, ma'am. The, the rows of, of vehicles there is Cocard's business operations. This is page 63 in the record. And what, what are the rows? Oh, is, sh show me where the rows of vehicles are. If you can see my, my pen here. Right. These are rows of vehicles that okay. have been parked on a. On That's a exactly what I was asking. Correct. Thank you. And if, if you'll indulge me, I'll show another um, image of a co-park facility in the state. And the evidence given at, at the hearing was that co-parks facilities operate in similar fashion across the state. And so what you would expect to see here is representative of co-parks typical operations. Well, why is it? Why would the junkyard ordinance be important to our analysis of the zoning ordinance? I think because they deal with the exact same subject matter. You have a use under the zoning ordinance that's called junkyard slash salvage yard, and then you have a ordinance in the definition. Even the, the zoning ordinance says all junk slash salvage yards must also comply with the junkyard ordinance. So the county, we're not the ones saying, "Hey, you have to read these together." The county is specifically pointing that out in its in its zoning ordinance. And additionally, the junkyard ordinance also relates back to, refers back to the zoning ordinance. It says all junkyards also have to comply with applicable provisions of the zoning ordinance. So these two are meant to be read together by expressly stated by the, the county. So if there's no dismantling and there's no I understand junkyard can be things other than vehicles. It can be equipment, machinery, refrigerators, white goods, appliances, things like that as well. So in my mind, the difference is the permanency. A junkyard would have junk 
that will be there permanently until it's either crushed or sold. Whereas it appears from the plan that they're saying is these, a lot of these vehicles will be reconstructed or rebuilt. They're not necessarily junk. They're wrecked or disabled, but they, they are auctioned with the intent that they will be removed and that many of these will be repaired and put back on the service. Or at least that's their argument. Sure, I, I don't disagree with that. And I, I do believe though that if you look at the definition used in the junkyard ordinance, it specifically states that there that the the storing, keeping, and selling of wrecked automobiles qualifies as an automobile graveyard regardless for the length of time that vehicles were stored on site. So the, the plain definition specifically states that that the length of time is not material to whether it is a junkyard or not. And if I if I if if they were just storing vehicles, let's say that they had a a contract with the state patrol to tow vehicles that were parked on the side of the road uh, for whatever reason, the abandoned vehicles. <coughs> would that be a junkyard if they were storing vehicles that were towed? Um, Your Honor, I'm not entirely sure. I, I'd have to look back at the definition under the junkyard ordinance. I believe. It does have to be damaged. It's typically expected that they're damaged or inoperable. So if they're inoperable, it, it could be uh, could be qualified as a junkyard, yes. What if they're not all inoperable? I think common sense has to prevail there. Um, that I believe the county made the, the suggestion in its brief that it would produce a, the fact that Copart doesn't have only wrecked cars. Some of them are salvaged for other, declared salvaged for other purposes. Um, that that it means it is not in the business of, of keeping and selling wrecked vehicles but the, the the extremes i think should be avoided here in interpreting this ordinance which is that just having one wrecked vehicle on a used car dealership lot doesn't make it a junkyard and by the same token just having um one new vehicle or undamaged vehicle on a lot filled with wrecked vehicles that also doesn't rule the day so we think here where copart has a large number of wrecked vehicles on its lot that it does in fact qualify under that order isn't that the reason we have planning boards and zoning administrators to resolve those conflicts on the matters of degree between one and many you know I, i'm thinking back to the hurricane when we had a lot of flood damaged vehicles brand new uh, brand new vehicles that, that were flood damaged they're not wrecked um, a lot of those were sold and, and put back on the road, even though they, they had a, a salvage title. So I think the word salvage is not the same as inoperable or wrecked. So the fact that a vehicle has a salvage title does not necessarily mean it's a junk vehicle. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Um, in, in, in common parlance, we wouldn't say that it's necessarily a junk vehicle. Um, but I do submit that looking back again at the junkyard ordinance that it does include inoperable vehicles and wrecked vehicles and there's just because a vehicle is operable does not necessarily mean that it's not wrecked as well. It could be wrecked and still drive under its own power. Well, why don't we leave that to the county to determine, you know, if they're going to strictly construe zoning ordinances in favor of the free use of property, 
why is it error for them to interpret the ordinance in a way that promotes the free use of property? I don't believe that it is an error for them to interpret the zoning ordinance, but I do believe that it is an error for them to interpret the zoning ordinance in a way that was not intended by the body that adopted it. In this case, the county board of commissioners adopted a zoning ordinance that they intended to govern this, the use of property in the, in the county, and that if the, the zoning administrator adopts too strict or narrow of a reading, we believe that that is subject to appeal and review in, in the nature of certiorari, and that's why we're here today. Under the, under the whole record test, would, would you have to show that their decision on their interpretation or their planning board's decision was arbitrary and capricious would you have to show that under the whole record test if this was a matter uh, a matter that revolved around re resolving disputes of fact then i would agree with your honor but this case revolved Isn't that around exactly what we've got here is the degree where do these vehicles fit are, are they are they salvage vehicles or are they junk vehicles are they going to be put back in the road? Are they there temporarily or are they there permanently? Does it include things other than vehicles? Aren't, aren't, isn't that the process that the planning board and the zoning administrator went through when making this decision? They did, and they did resolve those issues, and, and they're all part of the facts of the record here before us, but I don't believe there's any, we're not arguing a certain uh, view of the facts and that's opposed by the appellees. There's, there's no real disagreement that what Copart's business operations are, it's how those facts are applied to the defined terms in the zoning ordinance, which is at dispute here. And that, I would submit again, is something that is appropriately reviewed under the de novo standard of review and not the whole records test. So are you, uh, are you contending then that the, that the Superior Court, do you agree the Superior Court did not err in concluding that the planning board's decision was not arbitrary and, and capricious? So that is a question that, it, so in looking at the case law, it appears that the way that 160D1402 uses the phrase arbitrary and capricious is if a administrative agency here like the planning board or the, or the superior court um, does not rely on substantial and competent and material evidence in the record. And that is what is arbitrary and capricious under that statute. I would submit that it could also be arbitrary and capricious if it was not the product of a, a reasoned decision or, or fair and careful consideration and instead was whimsical. And if, you, if the planning board simply said, well, we don't really care what these, what the the definition says, we, we just don't think it's a, a junkyard. I would submit that that's arbitrary and capricious, but it's not what the statute defines as arbitrary and capricious. So I would submit that there's errors in the planning board's decision that, according to the case law here, would be viewed as an error of law and not arbitrary and capricious. Was this, this hearing was public notice and public, it was open for public comment and public being, right? It was a quasi-judicial the, the planning, planning board hearing was a quasi-judicial hearing. Are, are you complaining about any of the process that was used by 
Lenore County during the quasi-judicial hearing? No, Your Honor. So there's no issue, procedural issue there? Correct. So basically we're down to a matter of statutory interpretation, is that all? Uh, yes, I, I believe that's are, do, are we to regard the, are we to review the facts in the, in the light most favorable to them? Your Honor, I, I, I believe that this case is a matter of statutory interpretation and that de novo review is appropriate, which means that the court should submit, should um, consider this matter anew and consider the, the zoning ordinance and the junkyard ordinance in its own right. If we found the interpretations equally reasonable, yours and theirs, would we overturn the judge's decision just because there may be some inconsistency between the definitions as the parties assert? I guess another way, could we interpret the ordinance to support the trial judges and the planning board's order? Um, in my honest opinion, that would be in error. Uh, our, our, we advance the argument that, that the contrary uh, interpretation is the appropriate one. And I'm not sure if that's what you're asking, Your Honor, but. But are they mutually exclusive, I guess is what I'm saying. Does it have to be yours or theirs? I, I do and believe. And if both of them are equally reasonable, haven't you failed to carry your burden to show error in the trial court's order? So if they're, I don't believe there's really room to say that they're equally reasonable um, because we're trying to ascertain what the intent of the county was in adopting these ordinances and so it's either one or the other I don't I don't believe that there it could be both well, we talked about earlier about an automobile dealer having one junk car does not make it a junkyard and a junkyard having one operational car doesn't make it a car dealer that was the analogy used earlier right. so there is a continuum right between one and the other. Agreed. And isn't that left to the planning board uh, to make those, to reconcile those facts or to reconcile whatever differences in there? Uh, not that, well, yes, certainly the planning board was the initial decision maker, but that was subject to appeal and now before this court. Um, Let me ask you this. I understand that the lake that adjoins this property from reading the record that part of the, your client's objection is that's a water source for your for the town correct Cor correct with the caveat that it's a uh, underground water well it's not an open body of water okay and was there evidence as to how any p p potential contaminants or environmental issues from this operation how they address those it seemed to me if they're not dismantling vehicles i know wrecked vehicles can leak i'll give you that but I mean, if they're not doing a dismantling operation where they're removing engines and transmissions and draining fluids, you might not like the use. I, I, I can understand that people might not want this next to them. But if, if is the town's concern primarily an environmental use or they just don't like the fact that this is a vehicle storage facility? The town's concern was absolutely driven by concern about the environmental impacts of this facility adjacent to its property. Yes. Did you show any evidence of their their method of operation would would cause harm to the adjoining property owners by the way they conduct their business? 
We did. Uh, there was an expert that we presented, Dr. Richard Spruill, who's an expert in groundwater hydrology, who testified about the impacts that he believed that this facility presented negative and harmful impacts to the town's water supply. But we submit, Your Honor, that that is not at issue here in terms of how how polluting they are or, or, or anything of that nature because we're looking at defined terms and in terms of the junkyard ordinance those defined terms are clear and and not subject to interpretation is, so is this have, within the city limits of uh, lagrange it is not so let me go back where's your standing to contest the issue if you're not impacted i mean if you're not this property is not in your city limits or territorial jurisdiction. Why, why are we here? Your Honor, the, the standing of the town was not contested in this matter, but they're an adjacent landowner and therefore have a, a interest in the matter under Section 160D-1402 as well as under the junkyard ordinance. Adjacent property owners have standing. So the town owns the lake? It, it's a, yes, it's a piece of property and it, it is a, a well. So, so is there a body of water there too no there's not okay did i misunderstand that from the record i, I believe so your honor it's it's an underground water well okay um you had a second issue as far as junkyard the, and everyone cites black's law dictionaries I've, I've read the definitions and some of these terms are defined in the ordinance and some they're not and if, if it's defined term, we're bound by the ordinance definition. If it's not, we use the ordinary plain meaning of that term, correct? Correct. And, and you also do look at attempting, if it's not defined, you also apply other canons of statutory interpretation, including harmonizing the remainder of the, of the ordinance and including in paramateria other ordinances of the same subject matter. And we would submit too that if you look at the junkyard ordinance, Copart's business operations as a business that still sells and, and keeps stores and sells uh, wrecked automobiles is a junkyard and that a junkyard under the junkyard ordinance is a junkyard under the zoning ordinance and that the, the, the county intended for these to be read together in paramateria. And there's another example of why a use of, um, for example, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, store, a salvage yard could include adjunct appliances or other, other uh, goods. If you were to accept the narrow reading as, as advanced by the, the appellees in this case, that a junk slash salvage yard is only a lot that's used to store scrap materials, then a, a salvage yard that had old appliances or abandoned mobile homes would not fit under that ordinance, but then we would submit where does it go? And we would also submit that it leads to absurd results to say where would a, a facility that stores wrecked automobiles, sells and stores wrecked automobiles go if they didn't sell their vehicles via auction? And the county doesn't really have any, any I think, compelling answer to that because they're, they're reading too narrowly the defined terms in the, junk, in the zoning ordinance. There's a lot of cases that said that the listing of a specific permitted uses does not necessarily exclude other uses, that it's not a uh, 
comprehensive, exclusive list of things, permitted uses, and the way we interpret zoning ordinances narrowly is to encourage the free use of land. How do you want to, you want to respond to those line of cases, basically, that the fact, and this is, auction sales is a permitted use, correct? Absolutely, and it's a very, uh, extremely permissive use, in fact, that it's allowed in anywhere in the county. Um, and we submit that that's something that has to be considered when, when interpreting it. So as to the land and land versus Wesley Chapel and Bird versus Franklin County cases that you're referring to right. that, that talked about prohibited uses, those were applied in cases where a use was completely prohibited outright, and we don't have that here. We're trying to figure out which use designation is appropriate, not trying to pro prohibit a use outright. And there's another case that addressed the same situation, School Dev versus Town of Wake Forest. There was a dissent in the case that said that the principle of the derogation of property rights ought to um, compel a different result, a more narrow result, but the majority in that case said that you still have to apply the other rules regarding statutory interpretation to see what the, the intent of the ordinance was. And, and we believe that if you look at comprehensively look at the zoning ordinance, the junkyard ordinance, and, and look at the inconsistencies that result if you adopt too narrow a view that the county did intend for a, a, a business such as, as this to be deemed a junkyard under the zoning ordinance and the junkyard ordinance. You showed us photographs from other locations. Um, did you do any check to see how those particular sites were zoned in where they have already been established? How those sites were what, I'm sorry? How they were zoned and under what basis those other copart sites were put there? Did you look at that at all? No, we did not, Your Honor. That would be dictated entirely by the, the applicable zoning ordinances in those counties. Okay. Your Honor, if I may um, reserve a little time for rebuttal. Okay, that's fine. Um, any questions? Any questions? Thank you, sir. We are here from the appellee. You, you will reserve the remaining of your time for rebuttal. You had a few minutes. You had a little over a minute left. To... Uh, good morning, Your Honors. Uh, if it may please the court, my name is Keith Anthony, and I represent the respondent appellee, Copart of Connecticut, in this appeal. Uh, I'm going to argue for about 15 minutes, and I'm going to reserve the remainder for uh, Mr. Ferguson, who is representing the co-respondent appellee, Livermore County. And who's other counsel at your table, counselor? Uh, this is uh, David Baxter, who is also counsel for Lenore County. Okay. Uh, as you consider the, the town's argument, I think it's important to keep in mind that the planning board upheld the zoning administrator's uh, decision after an exhaustive eight-hour evidentiary hearing. This is not the ordinary length of a hearing of this nature. In fact, it was so long that the court reporter quit halfway through, and it, there had to be an audio recording for the remainder of it, and then that was transcribed, and all of that is part of the record. So this was a lengthy evidentiary hearing. And following this lengthy evidentiary hearing, in which there was lots of matters discussed, including um, questions related to environmental impact, and everything that Copart does to you know, not act as a junkyard, to address environmental impact, to minimize it from the way the facilities are constructed, to their policies that are in place, to 
avoid environmental impact problems. And so following this eight-hour evidentiary hearing, the planning board issued a written decision that's detailed, detailed findings of facts, 25 paragraphs, many of which are very lengthy. And as you heard, the town really isn't contesting those findings because there is, in fact, evidence in the whole record to support it. And that's... Council is saying that, you know, it's basically statutory construction. Correct. And it's de novo review. So they're not really taking any issue with the procedural due process or how the uh, quasi-judicial hearing was conducted. Right. So the issue here before us is whether or not how which definition we're going to apply to this fact. Let me ask you this. Were you involved in the siting of the other locations? We were not, no, Your Honor. So we don't know what the particular zoning ordinances may have been in those and there's other location he put up. That's correct, it's not in, in the record. Okay. Um, in terms of um, looking at this de novo, mm -hmm. given that there's no issue being taken on the procedural part of what brings us here today, um, why, why is it this facility not a junkyard? Well, it, because we have to look at what the definition is of a junkyard. We look at the definition of auction sales. And, I, and that goes to the point I was making earlier about why it's important. You agree, auction sales is very broad. Correct. That could be furniture, it could be antiques, it could be anything, right. business equipment. Right. And normally auction sales is a, normally you don't have a permanent auction sale. Most of those are site-specific or their product-specific. Do you agree with that? General acceptance of auction sales? They can be. They're auction houses that conduct auctions routinely. There's other auction places uh, that are unrelated to Copart. Greensboro Auto Auction in Greensboro is a permanent facility that auctions vehicles. Um, sell all their vehicles by auction. So, I, I, yes, generally a lot of auction places are um, temporary of an estate, auction, estate sale auction, something like that. But we're talking about use of land under the zoning ordinance. So it's talking about using a piece of land permanently or for the foreseeable future for purposes of auction sale. So that's not transitory in its nature. It's the idea if you're zoning it for this use is for it to remain in that use. Going through the record when you, uh, I think that the vehicle is normally on your client's property for like 60 days up to and, 60 days. And, and then days. at that point it's sold? Correct. When I saw the photograph that he put up of the rows and rows and rows of vehicles, um, are those vehicles, is there a removal time after the auction is completed? Yes, yeah, so the auction is completed in time for the vehicles to be removed within the 60 days. You know, oh, it's, all, it's 60 days total. Correct. The amount of time that they're on the lot, and often it's less. I mean, I think in the in the record and the evidence is maybe 50 days or shorter, as short as nine days. So, you know, once the auction is concluded, the buyer has to go pick up the vehicle from the Copart facility. And so it's gone within 50, 60 days. So those rows and rows of vehicles that he showed us on those aerial photographs, is that just the volume of business that's being turned over within a 60-day period? That's correct, including, you know, the flood damage vehicles that you identified. That's actually one of the reasons that 
eastern North Carolina is of interest because of the flood damage that occurs. Um, do you also, um, does your company or your client also host like tow-ins from like state patrol on the side of the road or is, is your business model more specific to insurance company totals or insurance company That's salvage? Correct. That's correct. It's, it's geared towards the insurance companies. They don't offer storage for vehicles that have been towed off the side of the road. That's not part of their model. Okay, so it's strictly salvage vehicles that have been determined to be salvaged by the insurance companies, either from damage, flood, or whatever reason, right? Recalls? Repossessed, so not all of them are even salvaged. I mean, there, there are vehicles that are undamaged that are in perfectly good condition. They're used vehicles, but they've gone through insurance for some reason or another. The most common for that would be for um, it's been repossessed or was stolen. stolen. Right. A vehicle stolen and then... And it's now been determined to be some sort of loss that it's getting processed by the insurance company and, and sold. So uh, is that, it, does that differentiate it between a junkyard? Are you advocating that it has to be a permanent facility where these vehicles are brought and dismantled in order to meet the definition of junkyard? Yes. I mean, so if you look at what the zoning ordinance says for a junkyard, it says the use of more than 600 square feet of any lot for the storage, keeping, or accumulation of material including scrap metals, waste paper, rags, or other scrap materials, or used building materials, or for the dismantling, demolition, or abandonment of automobiles or other vehicles or machinery or parts thereof. So there's two different situations where it may apply. The first is if you're talking about um, materials such as scrap metal, waste paper, rags, or other scrap materials or used building materials. That's not here. There's specific findings of fact that say none of those apply. The second situation under the zoning ordinance is that it's used to dismantle, demolish, use a, for, yeah, to dis, excuse me, used to dismantle, demolish, or abandon vehicles, um, or automobiles or other vehicles. And we don't have that. There are no vehicles being dismantled, there are no vehicles being demolished, and there are no vehicles being abandoned. That goes to that permanent nature if it's being abandoned. Here, every vehicle that comes onto the lot is sold, typically, you know, 50 to 60 days. And there again, specific findings of fact that establish that that situation doesn't apply. So just under the straightforward analysis of here's what a junk slash salvage yard is under the zoning ordinance, Copart's intended use does not meet that on its face. What do you do with defaulted buyers? who are going to purchase it and then purchase it. they don't pick it up. There's nothing in the record to my knowledge of that, but my assumption would be that it's just resold at the next available auction. So it could be there longer than 60 days in that event. Perhaps there's just there's no evidence in the record to reflect that one way or another. But the fact that someone might bid for something and not pay for it, not pick it up. I mean, that's common in any type of business, correct? I suppose, I don't know what steps Copart takes to ensure that if there are deposits that are required up front in order to be able to bid, for example. Um, that does happen in some auction houses, so that may be true here. How do you respond to the, the town's um, parade of horribles 
uh, in their brief that, you know, that, that if this is allowed, you know, then you'll, you know, be opening the door to commercial kennels and mining and slaughterhouses and, you know, basically anything as long as they, uh, as long as they operate with an auction. Well, it, it's just simply not true. I mean, if you look at the definition for mining, commercial kennels, slaughterhouses, those are, are all defined terms and talk about what the use is. And all of those, the property is being used intensely, intensely to provide some kind of service or if you're trying to sell something by auction, some kind of product. But to mine, you're going on the property, you're, you're tearing the, the dirt and land up in order to get a product to extract it. You're talking about then selling that extracted product. If you happen to do it only by auction, then yes, there is sort of a secondary use related to selling a product by auction, but the primary use is the intense use of that property to dig it all up. Um, and so that's a, a distinction. If you have that kind of scenario and somebody is looking at it between auction sales and a mining operation, the primary use there is a mining operation. That's very different than what Copart has. Copart does have vehicles that are short-term stored on the property, but it's no different than a, a used car dealership that has inventory on its lot. It's there for purposes of being sold and is then sold. It's brought onto the lot. It's not manufactured on site, which would be more akin to their analogy of, you know, you're, you're mining something and creating a pro product from the use of the land. Uh, these vehicles are brought on site. They're there for purposes of being sold, and then they're sold. It's the primary use is in auction sales. Does the title to the vehicle remain with the insurance company? Uh, it is it is transferred to the buyer upon purchase. No, I mean, well, until that time, this is 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 co what's Copart's role other than just storing the vehicle and conducting the auction? I don't believe title passes to Copart. I'm not sure that that's in the the record. At least I don't recall a specific site to the record about that. But I um, believe it's just transferred directly from insurance company to the buyer. So typically, in a salvage yard, a junkyard. Wouldn't the ownership of the vehicle normally pass to the owner or the operator of the yard? It would. Um, in order for Copart to do what it does, to sell vehicles intact, it's required to have a DMV dealer's license, which is different than what you would see at a junkyard as well. So do you consider yourself more of an automobile dealer? Yes. In fact, the, the planning board found the same. They said we're essentially a used car dealership except that most of our vehicles have some degree of, of wreckage and they're all sold by auctions. Otherwise, the planning board and the superior court agreed that we're essentially a used car dealership. But the, the town says that you refer, that you, that your company itself refers to the uh, cars as junk. It, it, there's very little evidence of sort of that context in the record. There were simply some questions that were asked about has somebody you know referred to this as, as junk and generally yes but if you look at you know the the information in, that's in the record you know these are valuable assets there are vehicles that have been sold for over a million dollars this isn't sort of junk as we generally refer to it as these in fact are valuable assets all of this was contrasted to what's directly across the street from the site of coparts intended uh, site 
and next to this, this wellhead that, that the town referred to. Across the street is an actual junkyard, LKQ. It's your typical standard junkyard where things are wrecked, demolished, dismantled, pressed, parts are sold, vehicles are all stacked. You know, the, the board considered, the planning board considered all of these factual issues. You know, issues about is this really junk? That evidence was put before the board and the board made factual findings. And again, those factual findings aren't contested. The board said this is not junk. This is not a, this isn't a junkyard in the classical sense of a junkyard. It doesn't have the same kinds of concerns that are present under the junkyard ordinance. It's a separate ordinance that the town keeps trying to conflate because they don't like the definition of a junk salvage yard under the zoning ordinance. So they try to go to the junkyard ordinance. But if you look at the junkyard ordinance, it says, here's the reason why we're adopting this ordinance. There's six various purposes, including that these are inherently dangerous um, you know, properties and use of property, um, that they're aesthetically displeasing, that a variety of things. The planning board, after hearing all of this evidence, said none of those concerns are present here with co-parts use. This inherently dangerous aspect, these aesthetic concerns, none of those are present. And so in that sense that, yes, there may have been some discussion about whether Copart has on occasion referred to this as junk, but not in, not in terms of what matters for um, this analysis before the court, looking at you know, the application of the junkyard ordinance and the zoning ordinance. So the cars here are not, not stacked? Correct. They're all... And they're not dismantled? Correct. So when you sell the car, you're selling the whole unit? Exactly. So a buyer, even if it's totaled, even if it's crashed, uh, the buyer cannot come in there and just remove what they want and leave the rest? Is that, that's that's is correct. That, yep. And that's what the record showed? Exactly. That's what the findings show, and um, you know, both by the planning board, by Superior Court, and not contested. Thank you, Your Honors. I'm going to uh, turn it over to Mr. Ferguson for the remainder. Thank you, sir. Before you step away, any questions? Any questions? Good morning. May it please the court. My name is Trey Ferguson. I represent Lenore County uh, in this matter. Uh, as the court has already acknowledged, this is a case about statutory construction. Uh, the factual findings, the record evidence in this case uh, is not contested, and so it's strictly a matter of statutory construction and how the zoning administrator, the planning board, and then the superior court judge interpreted the zoning ordinance. I think it's important on the statutory construction side that this was all done against the backdrop of what Your Honor's already uh, you know, mentioned on the press, longstanding precedent that zoning is a degradation of common law rights to free property, and so it should be strictly construed in favor of land use, uh, which I believe is exactly what the planning board's analysis was here. And so against that backdrop, we go into the statutory construction of the definitions. There's two. Let me ask a question here. Is this property privately owned or is it owned by Lenore County? This is privately owned property. Privately owned property. <coughs> uh, so what we've heard and what the town's position is, 
is that you look at the zoning definition of junkyard and then you need to read it in paramateria with the definition of a separate junkyard ordinance. And I think the purposes of the two ordinances are important here because they show why the zoning administrator, the planning board, and the superior court did not get to the analysis as to the separate uh, junkyard ordinance. And that's because the zoning ordinance regulates the use of property, how it's being used. And then the junkyard ordinance is really regulating the aesthetics. And so I don't think that it's applicable here once the planning board determined that it was not uh, of concern given the facts in the record. So looking at the junkyard, the junk salvage yard definition within zoning, it's a two-part definition uh, with an or. You have for the storage, keeping, and accumulation of material or for the dismantling, demolition, or abandonment of automobiles or other vehicles or machinery parts. And then what the town contends is this in bold is what incorporates by reference that all junk salvage yards must also comply with the North County's junkyard and automobile graveyard ordinance. The, the county contends and what the planning board when, when reviewing it, this reference does not cross-reference and create a, or, or create a cross-reference that takes the separate definition and incorporates it. It's simply saying that it's a junkyard under zoning, then it must comply with the aesthetic regulations found within the separate junkyard ordinance. Under the first definition for the storage keeping or accumulation of material, you don't disagree that that's what Copart does? Well, I do disagree. I disagree that the definition with material, which is not defined here, you give it its plain meaning as well as uh, use the associative canon of Nesecutor Associates looking at the list that follows as examples. It's material that are similar to nature of scrap metals, waste paper, rags, or other scrap materials or used building materials. It's materials that have been used, are discarded, and left permanently. I think is, is how material is defined based on the company that it keeps. I also think that when you have a two-part definition, the statutory uh, canon of construction that the more specific provision will prevail over the general. Here we have a specific portion of the definition that applies to automobiles, which is the dismantling, demolition, or abandonment of automobiles or other vehicles or machinery or parts. Well, when you, when you have the disjunctive or instead of and under s statutory construction, Either one standing alone can meet the definition. You do agree with that? Yes, I agree with that. So the fact that it's not and, the fact that it says or, either definition standing alone could, could implicate the ordinance. Yes, Your Honor, I agree with that. Now, when, you, when you're followed by the subjective description, scrap metals, waste paper, rags, or other scrap material, or used building materials, um, that's a list us examples and is your argument is Copart's operation is not like that list? Yes, I believe the planning board in making the determination that it didn't follow under junkyard was that that Copart was temporarily storing these vehicles to be sold at auction. They were not the vehicles are not material that are similar in kind to scrap metals, waste paper, rags, or other scrap materials because the vehicles are not being discarded there. They're being temporarily stored there and then removed after an auction. So is there, 
is there something in here that requires a permanent as opposed to a temporary storage or a permanent placing? No, I don't think, uh, based on the plain text of this, that there's a requirement of permanency. I do think that based on the examples of that, that follows material, that those types of examples allude to the intent of that definition, which was discarded pieces of material that are left there. So, but there's nothing in this definition that, that would require a permanent abandonment or storage in order to trigger the ordinance. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree there's nothing in the text that requires a permanency. I do think that under a can of statutory construction, if you have a specific provision of the definition that applies, that that would govern over general, but I do agree with that. Uh, on the second definition, or the dismantling, demolition, or abandonment of automobiles, is that what you're referring to? Yes, Your Honor. Or other vehicles? Yeah, I think by referencing that there are vehicles and other there's a, a portion of the definition that includes vehicles that when the county adopted this definition of junk salvage yard within zoning, they were referring to a junkyard is a use of property that demos, abandons, or dismantles automobiles if they're storing these vehicles. And that's not what's happening. The record evidence shows that that's not what's happening with Coparts facility. They're temporarily storing them until they're sold at auction. And when they're sold, the, the entire unit is sold. That's correct. That was what not was presented. Not pieces and parts. I'm sorry? Not pieces and parts. Correct. Um, I also think when you, you look, and I, I think we cited in the brief that the plain language of uh, material refers to parts of a whole, and in this situation, the cars are being you know, sold and stored intact as a whole and then uh, transported away from the site after an auction, and so they're not parts of the vehicle. If, if you go under either definition and there's no requirement of a permanency, permanent storage or permanent abandonment, then it would also trigger, the fact that it's a temporary does not take it outside the junkyard ordinance, I guess is what I'm saying, right? I'm sorry, could you repeat? The fact that the, that the vehicles are stored temporarily and not permanently. That's not disqualifying that it's a junkyard. I don't think it necessarily disqualifies it from a junkyard under zoning definition. I do think it disqualifies it as a junkyard under the separate junkyard ordinance, which has a different definition of junkyard. And so this is the separate junkyard ordinance's definition that specifically talks about, um, again, two-part maintenance or operation of an automobile graveyard. And then when you look at the definition of automobile graveyard, storing, keeping, buying, selling, wreck, scrap, ruin, dismantled, or inoperable vehicles, which are not being restored to operation. So specifically contemplating that vehicles will be restored. Now, in this situation, they're not being restored on site. They're being sold intact and most of them are being restored by an end user or for an end user. And so I think that's what disqualifies it, especially given the fact that when you look at the incorporation of automobile graveyard under that separate junkyard ordinance, this contemplates this is where cars go to die. That's what a graveyard is. 
is that they're going to go there and die, and that's their final resting place. And that's not what's happening here. You have cars coming in temporarily and then leaving the site after an auction, which is why I think it disqualifies um, definitionally under the separate junkyard ordinance that regulates the aesthetics of the use. So just to restate, I think this has already been stipulated to, this was not a rezoning case at all. Correct. This was a permit to use, this was a use permit, correct? Correct. And does the ordinance require a application even on a permitted use? I'd have to look back at that and, and I don't recall offhand if it requires a application. Well, I guess if, if, if I've got a piece of property that's already zoned for permitted use, I guess I'd have to get a building permit or I would have to comply with the, the building ordinances, but do I even need a zoning permit? I, I think that it was, and I'll defer to Copart's counsel if I'm incorrect here, but I think the understanding was before moving forward with you know, some of the development, they asked for you know, in part of the diligence, whether this complies, whether this can be a use. So, so, but you, you would agree, generally agree that if you've got a permitted use of right, no rezoning is involved, then what you're getting is a letter from the, basically what you were seeking was a letter from the zoning administrator that this this is a permitted use on this property within the zoning? Correct. That this, yeah, that this intended use qualifies as property sales as, and it is a permitted use. So no further approvals are required. Okay. Thank you. So again, based on, again, it's the county's position based on the zoning administrator's interpretation, planning board, and superior court's interpretation that Copart's use as presented in the application and then the record evidence at the eight-hour hearing was that Copart's intended use was not going to be a junkyard under zoning and that it didn't implicate that separate uh, junkyard ordinance. And so uh, if it, the next step in the analysis, if it's not a junkyard, what use is it? And again, th this court and longstanding precedent, Yancey, or the Supreme Court, Yancey v. Heffernan, uh, you know, says that zoning regulations cannot include or exclude by implication. And so if you have a use that's a close call that we don't know if it fits in this table of permitted uses, it cannot be excluded just because it's not listed. Because it's impossible for a municipality to uh, list every possible use a landowner can use for their personal, their, their private property. And so if it's not a junkyard, which is not permitted, if it's not a junkyard, the next step is what is it? And the land case, which cited in the brief extensively, you know, stands for the proposition that you analogize it to the closest permitted use. In this case, the uh, zoning administrator saw that the cars were being auctioned online, and so he said they were auction sales. He very well could have looked and said that they were automobile sales um, as another permitted use. And I think under a de novo standard, if you find that there's another permitted use that is more analogous, that you could say, well, it is, it might not be auction sales, but it is. Uh, one of these other permitted uses. But again, the land case stands for that proposition that if it's not, a, if, if it's not expressly um, excluded, that you err on the side of free use of, pri of private property because that is a derogation of common law rights. And that is what 
the planning board, the zoning administrator, and the planning board did in their analysis. Is automobile sales a permitted use under this specific ordinance? Yes. Under this use? Yes, Your Honor. So not only is auction sales permitted, automobile sales are permitted, correct? Yes, yes Your Honor. Now we can pull up the. Commercial district is the middle column. So automobile and small truck sales, new and used. The P means permitted, correct? Yes, Your Honor. And this is provided in the record. Give a page number for this. I believe it's either page 117 or 118. So the S would indicate a special use? A spe yes, in which, in which a special use permit would be required. And if you don't have any other questions, um, thank you. What would you have the court do? I would have the court uphold the Superior Court as well as the Planning Board that um, Copart's intended use is not a junkyard, but rather is an otherwise permitted use, and so there is no error. Um, and I would just, just add, because it was brought up, I don't think this is contested procedurally, but from, from the point that the town's brought up, the arbitrary and capricious issue, I think that the record evidence shows that after an eight-hour evidentiary hearing in which they considered all of the evidence, all of the testimony, and came to this conclusion, the fact that it's um, a complex legal analysis that requires the Court of Appeals to have oral arguments, I don't think it can be considered arbitrary and capricious finding. I think if it's a close call and you decide to go on the side of the town that it's not arbitrary, it was a reasonable uh, misunderstanding or misapplication, but I do not think that's the case. I think that the way the zoning administrator as well as the planning board interpreted the zoning ordinance, um, effectuated the intent, and said it was a permitted use. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Rebuttal. You have about six minutes and 20 seconds. Okay, okay. So you have, you have your original five reserve plus another minute, 20. Oh, I apologize, I mis misconstrued that. I thought I was very pressed for time. Um, thank you, your honors. So I did want to look uh, quickly at a couple of the definitions that were um, gone over by opposing counsel in this. Let me ask you this while you're getting that on definitions. Um, automobile sales new and used is also a permitted use. So even if we were to agree with you that this is something more than an auction sale, how do you refute the fact that uh, automobiles new and used is also permitted as well sure absolutely i'm glad you asked that because it was something i did want to look at if you look at the table of permitted uses for automobile uh, sales new and used first i would note that a new car dealership as this would be is already more restrictive than the auction sales use classification that the zoning official in this case thought was appropriate so that appears to be inconsistent with the idea that even new cars are 
require a special use permit in the rural zoning district. Yeah, but in, we're dealing with a commercial district, right? I understand that, but in talking about looking at the entirety of the zoning ordinance, it, it suggests that the county did intend for uh, auction sales to be viewed more restrictively than new car sales. And so the, the idea that you could sell rent cars and, and locate in the rural district, I believe, is an illogical result. Well, could we also say that the that, that, that automobile sales in rural areas require a special use permit as opposed to auction sales being permitted, but in commercial district they were treated the same as permitted uses? Yes, no doubt. Um, if you're talking about specific... So, about so the, the rural district, the special use permit being required for automobile sales, that does not really say that uh, what to me is saying that automobile sales and residential sale in residential areas do require a special use permit but auction sales do not yes exactly that. okay and then i would even point to the use classification directly above that as another example of, of ascertaining the intent of the county here where automobile and small truck repair and or body work receives the exact same treatment as new and used auto sales, which is that they're permitted in the two uh, heavier districts but require a special use permit in the rural district. But it's also a permitted use in the commercial district. Agreed. So if, if, you, if you think there's any type of repair or body work, which I understand there's no, no testimony to show that anything are done to these vehicles while on site <coughs> other than storage, correct? Right, I, I'm not contesting. There's no repairs or painting or anything like that. Right, agreed, they're selling them in their current state, but I would point to the parentheses under that use, which indicates that it specifically excludes storage of junk vehicles in that use classification. And again, this is a use that requires a special use permit in the rural district, is permitted in the commercial district, but does not include storage of junk vehicles. And we would submit that that shows that the county intended a more restrictive use for storage of junk vehicles. Um, I want to go back briefly and address a issue that uh, your, your Honor asked of opposing counsel about the automobile graveyard and the permanency of the vehicles. And he did, he did put up the definition of automobile graveyard, but the part that's not highlighted was directly on point to your Honor's question, which where it states that the definition applies regardless of the length of time which individual motor vehicles are stored or kept. So permanency does not matter in terms of the junkyard ordinance. And if you look back again at the definition of junk, this includes the same sort of materials that the county was saying, um, you know, that the junk junkyard under the zoning ordinance uh, is, in, is includes, but it does include wrecked automobiles here. We submit that the county was simply trying to be effective in, in its zoning ordinance and not repeat the entire definition, but say, look, go look at the junkyard ordinance. We have a junkyard use, and then we have a junkyard ordinance that you have to comply with. And these are meant to be read together, whereas junk, so including, for example, broken appliances or parts thereof or man manufactured housing units are also considered junk also considered a junkyard if they're keep being kept on a, a site. And again, if you read the, the term 
junkyard under the zoning ordinance so narrowly as the county has to be just scrap materials, there's no place to put a scrap yard that has broken appliances on it because those aren't materials. Abandoned manufacturer's homes because those are not materials. So we submit that junk is defined to include all the things here, which includes wrecked automobiles. And the fact that they might have value, you know, they, they, uh, it might be a wrecked Ferrari, doesn't alter the fact it still fits within this, within this definition. Um, <clears throat> this is not like a used car dealership. Um, we believe that the fact that the vehicles are wrecked is quite a bit different than a used car dealership. Um, one of the points that was made by the attorney for Copart was that um, the that the distinction, the parade of terribles that the county, uh, the town raised, um, is is not does not lead to absurd results because in those cases it's the intense use of property that produces the product being sold. First, would submit that that's not the case in terms of of like a slaughterhouse where you're bringing animals on the site and then you would be selling those products. But also, I. I I think it's difficult to conceive how the use of property that Copart intends here is not intensive use of property. That they're parking thousands of wrecked cars on this property. That- Well now in all fairness, they're not all wrecked, are they? They are not all wrecked. I, I agree that the, the evidence does not show that they are all wrecked, but at least half, and I believe Council for Copart said most are, there because they're wrecked. And the, the, the photos and the, and the evidence also show some having significant damage being totaled, uh, rollovers. And so this is not like a used car dealership. Um, and do, the, do you agree that the evidence, there's no evidence to show that any of these vehicles were dismantled or worked on here, that they are brought in and then they go out in the same condition they're brought in? I do agree with that. And, I and they're sold as a unit and not for parts. I do agree with that. And I think that actually does um, go to a point that the county said where, where they said that they're not being restored to operation. And uh, Your Honor, am I out of time? I'm, I see you've got about you got about 20 seconds. Left. <laughs> OK, um, they're, they're, they're not being restored to operation on site. And I believe that that's not a, a a fair reading of what that definition is intending there. It's intending to exclude uh, businesses which operate to bring wrecked vehicles on site and repair them on site. And that's the intent of the restored uh, um, restored section. I'll give you a I'll give you a moment to sum up. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, we believe that if you look at these two uh, ordinances together, reading them uh, together as we believe the county intended, that it the planning board's decision should be reversed that the, the uh, proposed use be considered a junk salvage yard under the zoning ordinance and a junkyard under the junkyard ordinance and that those two are, are both issues before this court that, that need to be resolved. Thank you, Your Honor. No. Thank you. Thank you very much. The case is submitted. Uh, we appreciate uh, President's day. Uh, Councilor, would you also introduce your co-counsel to sit your table as well? Oh, yes, sir. I have Jim Collar here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We adjourn court. All rise.